Well, thank you for joining me in this video and a very happy and blessful new year to you. In this video, we're going to cover seven ways to have a successful year in church security. Let's dive in. Now, number one is about investing in yourself. That is right. Number one, invest in yourself. And there's various ways that you can do that. There is in-person training, such as my good friend Barry Young from Serving Watchmen. He has a whole plethora of in-person trainings. There is online trainings like we have at the Worship Security Academy. Trainings that are designed to help you sustain the skills that you have knowing that in-person training is always expensive. And the third way that you can invest in yourself, and I've already committed to, I think, four or five different conferences. The Faith-Based Security Network, my good friend Carl Chin, has a summer conference. Barry Young, that I just mentioned, has the National Peer Support, Chaplaincy and Safety Conference this coming summer. The Stratagos Conference in the fall and my own event, Securing Your Place of Worship, which is an online training program. So number one is find ways to invest in yourself this coming year. And number two is find a mentor or coaching program. Now, a couple of years ago, one of my friends said something to me, which is really profound. He said, Simon, if you go alone, you go faster. If you go with someone, you go further. And I'm going to say that again. because It's so, so profound. If you go alone, you go faster. If you go with someone, you go further. That was my own personal journey into masterminds, into mentorship, into coaching programs. And I really encourage you to do the same because one of the things that you get from it is being in community with other church leaders like yourself. You're in communities where you can find the answers to those questions as you're trying to grow and develop your church safety and security program it also provides you accountability. So number two is find a mentor or a coaching program. And number three, set your training schedule in advance. Let me say that again. Number three, set your training schedule in advance. This is the number two question that I get in my inbox every week is, Simon, we cannot get engagement for training. What do we do or what are we doing wrong? So I encourage you, to set your training schedule in advance. So identify the subject that you want speakers on, then identify the best person to speak on that subject, confirm the dates, notify your team. And here is the most important piece of advice I want to give you is don't cancel even if you have one or two people. I work with so many churches where they'll say, well, Simon, we sent it out to 20 to 30 people. Only four or five can say they're going to attend. We're going to cancel. I always say someone will always miss the training. Go forward with the training if it's one person, two person, three people. But find the subjects, find the best speaker to talk on that subject, confirm the dates, notify your team, and do not cancel. Move forward. That is the best way to get engagement is to give people enough notice as to when you're going to train. So number three, set training goals in advance. And number four is train your staff, your volunteers, your congregation on active shooter training. Now this past year, there has been a lot of talk from criminologists to say that the data does not show that active shooter survival training actually makes a difference during a mass shooting and here's what I think they get it wrong 
is that active shooter survival training gives you hope. It gives you encouragement that you can persevere and that you can overcome. So mass shootings are in the rise. We are seeing a displacement from schools and other more secure locations into churches because we're an open door. All people are welcome. So it's really important that this year you teach them where to run, where to hide, how to fight, and give them a step-by-step guide to be successful. So number four is conduct active shooter survival training for your church staff, congregation, and volunteers. And number five is one something that I find at so many churches is they do not document their programs. So number five is document your church safety and security program. Write down your procedures. Write down how things operate. Make sure you're covering the five WH questions. Who, what, where, when, why, and how. And do not put off for tomorrow what should be done today. Do not put off for tomorrow what should be done for today. You cannot hold the standard if you don't have a standard. You cannot educate and teach if you don't have a standard. It's really important you take all the information from here and you write it down into your program. So number five is document your program. And number six is conduct a security risk assessment. Now, if you have done a risk assessment before, please go back and revisit it, work out what mitigation strategies you can focus on this year. If it's an old risk assessment, go back and update it. If you haven't had one completed, I would love for you to commit to this process. The security risk assessment is the best way to find all your vulnerabilities within your risk management program at your house of worship. It's going to identify your risks and your threats. Then that risk assessment is going to provide you mitigation strategies or ways to best manage the risk that you have. Knowing that all risk cannot be eliminated, some risk can only be managed. And most often, most often a security risk assessment is going to cover your people, your programs, your property, your physical security, and your technology. It's a great case to really explain you don't know what you don't know and a security risk assessment is going to lay bare all your vulnerabilities but the good thing is it's going to provide you ways to close out that risk. So number six is commit to the process this year and conduct a security risk assessment at your house of worship. And number seven, prepare to apply for a non-profit security grant program. I get really excited about this because in the last three to four years, We've helped nonprofits be awarded over $2 million in grant awards. Over $2 million. I get so excited when nonprofits are successful with this. And if you don't know about this grant application, I'll tell you a little bit about it. It's up to $150,000. You need to have had a security risk assessment, which was my step six. And then the mitigation strategies that you're going to use to close out, eliminate, or manage your risk. It's for those items that you're going to ask for up to $150,000 in security enhancements. Now, if you can imagine it, it's pretty much included. 3M film, bullet-resistant products, cameras, access management, mass notification, training, helping build your plans. It is a great way to boost and really sustain your church safety and security 
program. So if you're not familiar with the NSGP, please take a look on the FEMA website. But that is number seven, is if you've had your security risk assessment completed, prepare to apply for the nonprofit security grant program where you too can be awarded up to $150,000 for security enhancements. What would you do with that money if you had it at your church today? And that was my list of seven things that you can do this year to help grow, sustain your church security program. So number one was invest in yourself. Number two, find a mentor or a coach. Number three, schedule your training well in advance. Number four, provide active shooter training for your church staff, your volunteers and congregation. Number five, please, please, please document your safety program. Number six, commit to security risk assessment and then number seven prepare your application for the non-profit security grant program so as i leave you today which on that list of seven are you going to do first please drop a comment below wherever you are listening or watching but for now you stay safe you have a blessed day and i'll see you next time take care everybody